In today's show, we look at injuries around the NBA, updates on all 30 teams, including James Christian Middleton. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're 30 teams. We're going to go through. I am recording this at 3:30 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, January the 2nd. So injury news is going to change in between when you watch uh, honestly, in between when I record this and when it gets posted, and then when you listen to it and watch it later on. So be aware of that. This is how things currently stand, and if anything updates at the end of the show, I'll update it. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, Atlanta Hawks. Big fella, Clint Capella, is still out with his um, calf issue. That'll plan. Lisa needs braces. He has now missed three games, came back for one, and missed three more. Not great. Not great. Um, we just keep rolling with the Kongwu. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, the Hawks and Sunday. I would expect two missed games here for Clint and minutes restrictions on two more, if not the whole week out. So I think a Kongwu is a relatively safe start because even if Capella does return, a Kong, he'll be on limited minutes and a Kongwu will play 24-25. So if you are in a weekly format, a Kongwu is a pretty safe start. I think, well, you know, in saying that, the first game for some bloody stupid reasons already started today. I'm John Dre Hunter. Question with an ankle injury. You all know what to do with DeAndre Hunter in, in fantasy leagues, yeah? Like, you don't roster him in 10-team leagues or 12-team leagues. You consider it in 14, and he's a streamer in 12-team points. But he's not even playing. And with him out, we're getting extra minutes for AJ Griffin, some extra minutes for Jalen Johnson. But those guys are just stream options, and that is it if Hunter happens to be out today, which we don't know. Boston's an easy one. There's nobody. They're all good to go. We're still waiting on a Rob Williams minutes ramp up. But that doesn't appear like it's any place or coming anytime soon. For the Nets, it's pretty empty as well. It's just smoking Joe Harris, and he's back. Not true, actually. They've just since I've made this graphic ten minutes ago. Um, Markeith Morris has been added to the injury list as questionable with an illness, but he doesn't play, so it doesn't matter. We're going to get a real good indication of Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and Tony Warren in Monday's game now that they're fully healthy. The Charlotte Hornets, Kelly Oubre is on the injury report with this hand issue. He missed a game. He came back. He hurt it again. He's out again. I would expect he misses Wednesday as well. And that's going to open up more opportunities for Jalen McDaniels, who can be at least streamed in these games that Oubre is out. Cody Martin, I'm going to guess, is probably another two weeks away. We haven't really heard anything, as is the Charlotte way. It obviously is a great tactic that they have with their medical reporting. It's led them to so many uh, great wins and big successful seasons. So we're not sure we're going to update on Cody Martin at any point soon. While Dennis Smith continues to be out with the ankle problem, but he is actually questionable 
for today's game. Now, if he plays, all he does is come in and take the 12 to 15 minutes that Teo Maladon was playing. The value that Smith had at the early part of the season, that was with Ball and Rogier out. So don't get excited that Smith is um, uh, coming back. He's not going to have fantasy value there. On the Chicago Bulls, we've got a few injuries. Outside of one of them, though, nothing really serious. Javante Green's knee continues to be a problem. He missed five games. He came back, he played three straight, and now he's back on the injury report as questionable. Ever since he was named the starter, he's had an injured knee, and he hasn't been able to get that position. It's not like Patrick Williams is playing well, but Javante just continues to be a deep league streamer. Alex Caruso returned, played two games, and now he's probable with that shoulder issue. His minutes were limited in that game. He is only a steel streamer, and the fact that they have four point guards makes it really hard to rely upon any of those. Derek Jones was allegedly cleared for action last Saturday against the Cavs, didn't play, and then popped back up onto the injury report as probable with the ankle sprain. Remember, he had replaced Andre Drummond as the backup center. Jones went out, Drummond came back in, put up some pretty good numbers in most of those games, and was actually streamable 12-team, 14-team league usable player as just a, a an emergency sort of guy. What they do with that rotation, Jones versus Drummond, is going to be something to watch. Jones has no fantasy appeal outside of like 20-team leagues. Drummond can be a 14-team league guy, even in limited minutes. Tony Bradley's out with personal reasons. He does not play. While Lonzo Ball um, just... I don't think he's going to play this season. And I don't think it's worth holding on. Again, if you have an open injured slot that you literally never use, no problem. But there is almost every situation during a week where you'll be able to use that spot. And if he's taking it up, you're wasting opportunities, I think. The Cleveland Cavaliers... Um, Evan Mobley missed the last game with an ankle problem. He is questionable for today's game. With him out, it was Kevin Love who becomes a really good stream. And I'm a little bit worried about Darius Garland. He hurt his thumb. Then they listed him as questionable, and he missed Saturday's game, and now he's doubtful for Monday. It's on his shooting hand, which is a concern. There's still no real diagnosis of uh, time frame or anything like that. They play four games this week. He's going to miss Monday, so it's three more games. I'd be relatively skeptical about him playing. Now, they've got a bloody hard go of things. They've got the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Suns this week. That's a pretty rough run of things, I think, with two of those, the last two of those games on the road. They're going to need him in those games. I think that it's a risky start in a weekly league, and it does mean that someone like Dracaris Levert Dracarys. gets extra value. We know that Levert's value appears if Garland is out or Mitchell is out. That's it. You can't use him in 12-team leagues if those two are playing, but if one of them's out, you can. Now, you have to be willing to um, absorb god-awful percentages, but he can bring the counting stats. So I would be very cautious about starting Garland this week, and I would be interested, and I have added Darius Garland myself, uh, not Darius Garland, but Karis Levert in one league where I don't really care about field goal percentage too much um, because of this absence. Dean Wade, shoulder injury. He's going to come back, I think, and have a crack at the starting job, but it's not going to matter for fantasy. Rubio's still a few weeks away. No, you don't need to add Ricky Rubio because Garland's hurt with a thumb injury. Garland is most likely going to return before Rubio. And then when Rubio does return, the 33-year-old man off an ACL injury, he's going to sit back-to-backs. He's going to be on limited minutes, and he's going to shoot poorly, and he's going to be an assist streamer at the absolute very best. People are expecting absolute miracles from Rubio. Well, look what he did last season. Yeah, that's true. He played 28 minutes a night without an ACL injury in a situation where Sexton was out and him and Garland were running the back out. And someone called Donovan Mitchell there now and Karis Levert there who both weren't there last season so I wouldn't get um, too excited about Rubio as much as I love the bloke I wouldn't get too excited Dylan Winler is he ever going to play I don't know I honestly don't know if he's ever going to play um, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy but not daily fantasy that you may have heard it's not salary caps it's not you against thousands of people 
it's player projections. So it might be Donovan Mitchell, more or less than 22 and a half points. And you go, man, Carlin's out. I'm smashing. I'm going more, way more. It might be um, Jared Allen, more or less than eight and a half rebounds. You go, well, Evan Mobley's out. Let's take more than that. And you could do up to two, to, between two to six of those individual player projections, put them into one entry and win 25 times your entry fee back. You can do those entries in under 60 seconds. You can do them in over 30 US states and in Canada. And you can do them for sports that aren't the NBA. NFL, NHL, college basketball, college football, NASCAR, golf, boxing, MMA, disc golf, cricket, European basketball. It's all there. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix gives you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Dallas Mavericks, relative, oh, Jesus, I looked at this spelling here. I, sometimes I, I try and get this stuff out so quickly. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith out with a groin is what I wrote here. Groin, he hurt his groin. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. he's another two weeks away from his groin injury. Finney-Smith, not that you cared about him for fantasy, but for some reason you were still holding on in a 12-team league. And I know you're out there. I know there are some of you stubborn pricks out there who are still holding on to Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't think he's even worth holding in an IL slot in a 12-team leagues. See you later. Um, Josh Green's out for about another week or so with an elbow sprain. He was playing okay minutes. What that means is with him out, they're relying a little bit more on someone by the name of McKinley Wright IV mm-hmm, and Frank Nilakina, who obviously have no real fantasy impact. And Muxy Kleber's season is basically done. So those three guys out, all rotation players, means that we're getting way more minutes for Dinwiddie, way more minutes for Hardaway, um, more minutes and less production from Bullock, and Christian Wood having that extra opportunity there as well. In Denver, it's only Jeff Green who's dealing with a finger issue, which is going to be about four weeks. Um, His absence should theoretically allow Zeke Nagy to play, but Michael Malone hates him and won't play him good minutes. And Vlako Chanchar in deeper leagues. um, Those guys can sort of alternate in and out um, of lineups. And Colin Gillespie, two-way guy, who has a fractured leg, who I don't know if we're going to see play at all this season. Pretty clean injury reports, yeah? Detroit... Isaiah Livers is dealing with a shoulder injury. We haven't really had an update on him apart from a while ago, Dwayne Casey said, yeah, look, it's been a bit of a setback, but maybe he's back this week. I don't know. It's not going to have an impact in leagues. By the way, they've taken Kevin Knox back out of the rotation now after he was playing a pretty sizable role. And I thought he might be able to keep it over Livers, but maybe not now that he's actually lost it to bloody Scooter Magruder. Um, And Killian Hayes is suspended for one more game. That's Monday's game. So Hayes will be back for Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, a three-game week. It's probably not enough to start him in a weekly league with so many teams playing four games this week. But I do believe that Killian Hayes remains a 12-team must roster player, even though he has been suspended for three games. There's only one of those games left. The Golden State Warriors. Now we have a sizable injury report here. Steph Curry dealing with that shoulder injury still. We haven't had a recent update in terms of time frame. We just had an update saying, yeah, he's recovering and he's doing rehab. Like, cool, that doesn't tell me anything. You might as well tell me, yeah, he's actually still got 10 fingers, um, pair of ears, and where's number 30? All right, cool. Knew that. Thanks. Um, so he's probably out another two to three weeks would be my guess. Andy Wiggins, well, we thought he might return on Friday, but... No, he didn't. And now he's out again Monday. They play again Wednesday, which I think would be a decent recovery time because his groin's fine, allegedly. He's dealing with an illness now, which kept him out Wednesday and Friday. So that would be a week. Uh, Not COVID, of course. Why would it be COVID? That's never COVID. It's just an illness that takes a while to recover from. Um, Wiggins should be back Wednesday, which, and then we're going to watch what happens to DiVincenzo. They're extremely shorthanded today, though. Kaminga's out with a foot sprain. Jermichael Green's out with a leg issue uh, slash COVID. He had both of those issues at the same time. Jim Wiseman's out with an ankle sprain. And um, 
Andre Iguodala, I believe, maybe got some food poisoning. He ate some rogue Romanian pizza. I'm not, I'm not sure what's actually going on with him. We had, he just signed and never plays. So he just sits there in uh, woolly jumpers on the bench. Do you know what a jumper is? Anyone in America know what a jumper is? I assume you do from context clues of what I just said. Maybe you do. Anyway, with all those guys out, DiVincenzo's value boosts, obviously. Anthony Lamb's value boosts. Kevon Looney's value boosts. Um, and Milk, his value boosts as well. And even deeper leagues. Pat Baldwin is going, uh, he's surely going to have to play today with Kaminga, Wiseman, Green, Wiggins all out. Surely Baldwin's going to play some minutes. I don't know that they're going to be good minutes, but he's going to have to play some minutes. And deeper leagues, maybe you do something there. Probably not, but maybe. On to the Houston Rockets. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. The delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun, missed the last game with a back problem. He's also dealing with a coach problem. I'm not sure the time frame for that to be fixed. Shengun, with him out, they start Bruno Fernando. You, you don't care about that. And Shengun is officially questionable for Monday. So if he's not back Monday, we hope he's back for one of those Wednesday, Thursday back-to-backs that they do have. And then the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Somehow, Jay Sean Tate's ankle soreness makes Jalen Suggs' ankle soreness look normal. This guy, was he played two games this year, Tate? Tate's impact is going to be impacting Martin, Gordon, and Eason, and he's not going to be a 10 or 12, or maybe not even a 14-team league guy if he ever returns. So I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if that's going to be. I don't know what's happening with Jay Sean Tate's ankle because it's nebulous soreness, which doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't. Like, is it an injury? Like, I don't know. And it's been rife in the NBA this season. Soreness reporting. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there. Week 18 in the NFL, the College Football National Championship, the NBA, college basketball. It's all there at betonline.net. If we look at week 18 in the NFL, what's the most important game here? Well, I believe it's the Jaguars, my second team, because the Dolphins are choking hard. Um, They're not my second team, but... I want them to get in. They're six and a half point favorites against the Titans. Winning, they're in. Let's go Jags. Six and a half point favorites. What about my putrid Miami Dolphins who've lost about six in a row on our third string quarterback? Oh, we're one point favorites against the Jets. That sounds cool. I'm sure we'll definitely win that one against Mike White. But you can check all of those odds at week 18 for the NFL over at Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Those of you curious, I won my fantasy football league. First time I've played in a fantasy football league in 10 years. Got into 16-team auction draft Superflex league. And I won it from the eighth seed. Lucky. A lot of luck goes into that. But, you know, there you go. Thank you. For um, Basketball Blog, who invited me into that league. And uh, yeah, I was happy to take the win. Don't expect it to repeat. Let's look at the Indiana Pacers. And honestly, there's nothing there. There's no one injured. There's Kendall Brown dealing with a leg fracture. And Daniel Tice with a knee fracture. Uh, sorry, the knee... Uh, a knee issue. I don't, the issue is that they don't want to play him, I'm guessing. And I don't know why he's there or what's happening in that situation. Mate, he gets traded at some point, surely. And then I'm sure that knee will be healed. The Clippers. A couple of injuries here. Well, not injuries. A couple of short-term maladies. Nico Batum, dealing with an ankle problem. He heard it last Thursday, returned to that game, and then missed Saturday's game. And he's questionable for Monday. He was a fringe 12-team league player. Streamable, not must roster. With him out, there's more minutes available for Canard, for um, uh, uh, Norman Powell, and 
they become you know, more streamable guys. Terrence Mann looks to be on the outside of the rotation at this point. And then you've got the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard, who is dealing with an illness at the moment. So he is officially questionable for Monday. If he does sit Monday, I would expect that he plays uh, Thursday, well, Thursday, Friday, back-to-back, so he'll play one of those games, and then again Sunday. But that could turn it into a two-week game for Kawhi, which makes him really hard to start in weekly league. So, yes, his production's been great. It's been much better, like top 30 sort of production over the last week or so. But if he only plays two games, you have to have some level of skepticism. That would bring into play Norman Powell more, Marcus Morris more, and Terrence Mann, a guy who's probably on the outs of the rotation, but could come in and play 30 minutes a night. Anthony Davis, love to have a proper update for you, but I don't. I still don't know if he's coming back or not. It feels like he is, but who knows? I'll say at least three more weeks here for Davis. I would say end of January is you know 20th to 30th of January is probably a reasonable target date. But I think it's more likely that he doesn't play again versus comes back within the next 10 days. Is that saying much? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not saying either of those two things are likely, but I think there's more chance that he just doesn't play versus that he's back within a week. Um, with him out, obviously, we still roll with the tank Tom Bryant must roster across all formats. The hard thing with Bryant is we know he's must roster now, but because we don't know when Davis is back, then like when opportunities for other guys to be added pop up, you go, oh, well, Bryant might expire in two weeks and you know, grab this guy who's got long-term value, but then Bryant might not expire and he might be better than that guy you had off the wire, which is a really tough decision to make. And honestly, we're all just guessing because they're not telling us about the, the injury really that much. Lonnie Walker dealing with a tailbone issue. Hello. Um, you don't need to roster him in 12-team leagues. And LeBron is dealing with an omnipresent ankle injury, which appears every single game. He'll sit some games for sure. I wonder what happens when he does break the scoring record. How many of these probable ankle tags turn into questionable ankle tags, turn into doubtful ankle tags? I reckon a few. On to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, three guys missed last game. Four guys, actually. One of them was Des Bain. He's fine. Um, Zaya Williams with a knee, Santi Aldama with an ankle, and Brandon Clark with a hip. They are all reserve players. Clark, Aldama, and Zaya Williams are not 12-team league guys. Aldama and Clark can be streamable in 12-team formats, and with them out, you get extra minutes for guys like Xavier T. Ilman and David Roddy Piper. They're the guys who replace Aldama and Clark, and obviously, they aren't sort of fantasy guys either. The Miami Heat have an extensive list, but nothing majorly serious there. Caleb Martin's dealing with his shoulder issue. We don't roster him in 12-team leagues. In fact, we can uh, jack him. Get that garbage out of here! He's missed two straight, and they've started Haywood Highsmith, who's done absolutely nothing in those roles. Um, Jimmy Butler rested last game, and interestingly, they didn't just take him off the injury report. They listed him as probable to return. Now, this was allegedly the last back-to-back that he's going to sit for this current injury. I honestly do not believe that at all, but they don't have a back-to-back for weeks now. I don't think they have one in all of January. They don't. So any game that he misses is through to something else, not injury management back-to-back related stuff. Gabe Vincent's knee continues to be a problem. He has played four straight, but yeah, he's back questionable. Duncan Robertson questionable with a hamstring problem. He's also played in four straight games, and when they're healthy, he doesn't play. Deadman's out. Jovic is out with a back issue. Yurtseven still got weeks and weeks before his return. But yeah, nothing there is massively serious. But if Martin or Butler or Vincent's out, then Victor Oladipo's value rises. I saw something really interesting on Oladipo, just side note here. Um, I don't know where someone mentioned it to me, but again, it's the, the short-term memory effect. I don't know what effect we want to call this. Recency bias here, but it feels like more than that. Like Oladipo's last game was brilliant, right? It was absolutely fantastic. And someone said, man, I think we've got to add Oladipo here. He's really improving in form. It was one game, and the three prior to that, he was pretty bad. 
Like he played well, he dropped way off, and then he came back with one good game, and then that leads to improvement in form. That's not a trend. That's a one game. It could, be, it might be a trend. It might be the start of a trend, but it could also be based on if you look at his last four games, it's a one game aberration. So be really, again, really, really cautious about reading into individual single-game box scores without context supplied to them. Butler was out. Oladipo turned opportunity into a really good game when the previous three games, he did nothing. I'm not saying not to add him because his steals are actually awesome. Like, they're fantastic, and they have a ton of value to a team. But that doesn't mean that he's trending up because it's one game. Just always be aware of that. Context is important. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday. Don't know what's going on with this illness. There's a lot of weird stuff here. This is, he's missed three games, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and he's questionable again for Tuesday's game. It's a long-ass illness. It's not COVID, of course, it's just an illness. Um, They play a Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. I think it's fair to assume that he misses one of those if he's not ready to go and he's dealing with illnesses, which take fatigue and all that sort of stuff. I think there's a, a decent risk he misses that. Yanni is, well, Yanni missed the Sunday game and he's officially questionable Tuesday as well. We talked about this in the in the preseason, offseason, when we were talking about the risk of players and saying, you know, I'd still take Giannis at two and I, I did. But to say that he was without injury concern or without resting risk it was bullshit. And it's pretty clear now that this knee is going to be something that's a consistent problem ongoing for the rest of his career. And he will never, in all likelihood, play 70 games again. That's, that would be my guess. I don't think he'll ever play a 70-game season. Not to say he's not awesome, but this is what we have to understand with fantasy now. Well, we're not with fantasy, with Giannis in fantasy. And then the other one is James Christian Middleton, who has been ruled out for Tuesday and Wednesday. You cannot start him this week with only one game on, and I don't know what's happening with him. I, I just, I can't, I can give you an update that he's out for two games, um, but I don't know what's happening. Wrist surgery, right? We thought three weeks, he'll be back. That was my initial assumption. I know a lot of people seem to expect that he was back opening night. I never did. So when I was talking about him in draft value, I never expected Chris Middleton to be available for that opening night. I thought two to three weeks. Um, And then it took longer, which was annoying. Then he came back and sprained his ankle, which was annoying. And now he's got an issue with his knee, which is not the same knee that he hurt last playoffs. So I don't know what's going on. And in the midst of all that, he had a family tragedy, which I think has impacted him to a, a large degree. And it's all very cloudy and very secretive reporting, which again, you can, that, especially that family stuff. And if there's mental components to it, I understand all of that. But the clarity here, like when you say, okay, wrist injury, struggled his first couple of games, buy low, great buy low. Sprained his ankle, nothing to see here, great buy low. But now look, another injury on top of it with no time frame being, he's been out for eight games with knee soreness for an injury that didn't exist. There's... It's, it, it's absolutely worrying now. And I'm not even sure. I think I probably... Look, if I had to give up the 100th best player to get him in a trade, I would do it. Because right? that's not really much. But I'm really... Caught, I'd, I'd be very cautious about getting him because there's something not feeling very good about this. It's a weird injury designation that's cost him over two weeks already. And we don't really have any... Oh, he's feeling better. He's doing a bit of work. That doesn't mean anything. It's it's worrying, and I, and I don't know where to go with it. Only a buy low for a very buy low price. George Hill is dealing with an illness. He's not necessarily a rotation player every night anyway. Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Towns, you're still out. I'm expecting another two weeks, maybe three weeks. Maybe we're looking, say, 16th to 18th of January for a return. I don't know that, of course. And then he'll be limited when he does return for a week or so and probably sit back-to-backs for a month would be my guess. Um, 
So we're getting into that stage where a buy low makes sense. Um, but we're also getting to the stage in a week's time where a buy low won't be feasible. So a buy low, remember, do not value Carl Anthony Towns as a first round player. Do not do it. He was not a first round player before he got hurt. I don't project him to be a first round player rest of season. And when he comes back, he will be limited. And he might not come back on this time frame. So if you are buying low, don't go, well, I've sent the 20th best player and I've got myself a top 10 player. Don't believe that. I don't think that is a good valuation. I think you need to be looking at maybe sending two top 50 players, maybe. And even then, that's a risk. And if you can't get him, don't worry about it. Because lower body injuries, just saw Clint Capella's calf injury, right? Pinged it again. Lower body injuries have a history or a habit of recurring, especially muscular ones, and limiting things like push-off, athleticism, confidence in your body. I'd be really cautious about acquiring Towns, depending on the price. A top 25 player for Towns is not a buy-low. It just isn't. I don't think... Look, because there is, there is a realistic chance that from the moment that Towns comes back, he's the 25th best player. That, that There is a possibility of that, taking into consideration a week or two of low minutes, um, the fact that his production had already dropped to begin the season. Like, there is a chance of that. So don't yeah, buy low, but also be really cautious. Um, Torian Prince is out probably the rest of this week. Same with Jordan McLaughlin, which keeps the value of Naz Reed. And Kyle Anderson up. I think both can be 12-team league players. Anderson's probably more streamy with his ongoing back problem. But you know, he's, he's in at the moment. But who knows how long that's going to last. For the New Orleans Pelicans, speaking of injury updates that make no sense, or sorry, injuries that have no updates, um, Brandon Ingram. He's not going to play on Monday again. This is going to be, what, like 20 games that he's missed with a toe injury? They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I think it's realistic. Well, he's not going to play both of those games at the back-to-back. I think that's... Um, that's pretty reasonable that he's just not going to play those. Maybe he's back on Friday. Maybe. But who knows? And with him out, it's Trey Murphy we keep rolling within 12-team leagues. And Najee Marshall's a deeper league guy. With Larry Nance out, that does open up the value for someone like Jackson Hayes, who's been getting some decent minutes of late. Hayes has played 17 minutes in, at least 17 minutes in five straight games. And that has at least some level of deeper league appeal. On to the New York Knickerbockers. Good news, Jalen Brunson is available and he's playing as we speak in the game against the Suns. So that does reduce any deep league streaming value of Juice McBride. It also hurts quickly a little bit, but with RJ Barrett out likely Monday and Wednesday, and I guess doubtful for Friday as well, um, there is still value there in quickly. Obert Toppin is out probably a couple more weeks. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Well, Derek Rose was ruled out with a knee issue call. He wasn't going to play anyway with Brunson back. Um, On to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've got the three big guys here. Um, Well, not three big guys, two big guys. Jeremiah Robinson, probably two weeks away from an ankle sprain. Not worth a 10 or 12 or probably even 14-team league guy. He's too up and down for me. Uh, Pokyshevsky's out for probably two months with a fractured leg. Obviously, we're dropping him. Um, Their replacement has been Pig Williams and Mike Muscala and Eugenio Marui and Darius Baisley. And then Aaron Wiggins gets into that mix and none of them are reliable enough in anything outside of 16-team leagues. Usman Jeng is probably a month to five weeks away with a fractured wrist. He was starting to play fractured wrist. He was starting to play better, but obviously just a deeper league guy. Now the Orlando Magic. Oh yeah, we get to do it because I haven't played it for a while. Um, Jalen Suggs' ankle soreness. He practiced in full, but still no timetable. 
What is going on? Brian Windhorse meme. What is happening? Why is he out so long? This team's injury reporting is disgusting. It's embarrassing. And as much as I like their team and their players, this uh, their ownership and front office is bullshit. Like this, these injury things are ridiculous. And obviously, this isn't the worst one of them. But it's frustrating. I still think Suggs can have an impact in fantasy this season in 12-team leagues. It's going to be hard to get there with guys like Anthony and Fultz and Harris and Bowl and all these guys. But Suggs and Fultz should be their backcourt of the future and they should be trying it out. If whatever this ankle problem, which is definitely not soreness, he heard it, right? He hurt his ankle. And I don't know why they're not telling us what it is. You can't, there's no point having him without an injured reserve slot. You can't just hold him. If you've got an open slot, I don't mind grabbing him and seeing if he comes back this week. But I don't know. Um, Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, Kevon Harris, and Admiral Schofield are all suspended for Wednesday. And then that's all the suspensions over. But those four guys are suspended for Wednesday's game. They will all be back and available on Thursday. Chuma Okeke is out for another three weeks, probably at least with this knee injury. I'm not really sure where his rotation spot lies. And then we've got old Voldemort himself, John Isaac, who um, practiced in full, five-on-five practice. And guess what his timetable to return is? You'll never guess. Oh, they don't know. I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I'm sure all media have been told, don't ask questions about why he's returning or question why he's not there. But this is literally three years. He first injured his knee January 2020. Came back in the bubble. Heard it again. August 2020. Has not played since. It a torn ACL. Yes, there was like, I think, PCL in there as well. But recovery times for injuries are not stackable. You don't, well, I've recovered from my ACL and now that 12 months is done. Now it's time to, to recover from the PCL. That, that's not how it works. It all heals together. They're not cumulative. You didn't hurt them at different times. Yes, there was a hamstring issue in March at some point, but come on. Like, I don't think there's any point in having Jonathan Isaac on your fantasy team, 10 or 12 team leagues. He's been out this long. Do you think he's going to come back and play 24 minutes a night and not have setbacks and not rest games with a team that's already stacked in the front court? Wagner, Wagner, Carter, Banquero, Boll. I know Mo Wagner's not probably ahead of John Isaac, but he's definitely been a better player than him over the last three years. So I don't really see how John Isaac comes in and plays a large enough role reliably enough when he ever returns to make sense in holding him. Yes, again, the usual caveat. If you have an open IL slot and you don't ever need it, it hurts nobody. It's totally okay. But if you start to need it because you start to get RJ Barrett out with a finger injury, I need that slot to open up for somebody else. You have James Middleton out with a knee problem that's not going away and you need that for him. You have Drew Holiday, who's sick. You put him in there. Like Then Isaac is holding you back. For what return? I, I don't know. In Philadelphia, Joel Embiid has popped up on the injury report with a back issue. Just when Harden and Maxi are back, he's got back soreness. Embiid has been playing through these things mostly. They play the Pelicans here on Monday, um, then the Pacers Bulls. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one of these four games off. They have a ba- uh, a Pistons Sunday, Tuesday combination as well. So I think we're going to get a missed game from Embiid coming up. And with him out, it'll be Harold and Reed, and we won't know who it'll be, and they'll split minutes, and neither of them will be worth streaming most likely. If I was to stream somebody, if Embiid misses, it is going to be Reed because he puts up just a ton of defensive stats, even if he only plays 21 minutes. For the Phoenix Suns, um, Cameron Johnson, that knee problem. I think it is time to grab him. We He's traveling with the team. He's doing some lateral stuff. I'd say he's not going to play this week would be my guess. 
Um, but then they have they start the week after week 13 with a Tuesday, Wednesday back to back. I think it's fair to assume that he misses one of those games. So maybe we're targeting the 11th of January against the Nuggets. And I think that's worth grabbing him now a week in advance and seeing what happens. Booker, we're still weeks away from him returning. We're probably looking at, I would say, start of February. Landry Shamit returns today. Uh, I think he's worth an ad. I don't know what the score in that game currently is, but he's worth an ad and Payne's worth consideration. He returns. Um, Jay Crowder, I believe he signed a lucrative contract with Al Nasir in Saudi Arabia, and he just won't be playing in the NBA anymore. In, just, just in case, that is sarcasm. He's waiting a trade that apparently is never going to happen. Portland. Gary Payton is dealing with mental hurdles, but he is back. He is playing today. The general consensus seems to be that he is going to impact Josh Hart. Maybe he does. Significantly, I highly doubt it. There are players in this rotation who will lose out that aren't Josh Hart. Keon Johnson, Shaden Sharp, Trendon Watford. Peyton's a solid player. He is not that good. Yeah, someone asked me whether it was going to impact Anthony Simons. Like, I really doubt that. Maybe it's a minute. Peyton is a steel streamer, maybe not even for 12-team leagues. I don't think we're getting big stuff out of him. Yusuf Nurkic. After coming back and dropping a monster against the Hornets in 36 minutes, he missed Friday's game with an, in- an illness, and he's questionable for Monday. When he's out, we stream in Drew Eubanks. Justice Winslow is probably two to three weeks away with an ankle problem. Nasir Little is probably the same out with his fractured hip there. You know, Winslow is a stream guy for steals and defense. Well, Little's done nothing this season. Keon Johnson and Greg Brown are questionable with illnesses. Sacramento, easy. No one there. Yes, Sabonis is still dealing with a thumb injury, but he's not officially listed on the injury report. They have had the cleanest injury report all season. I don't know what the... Someone has this list. I think it's... Is it 82 games that has it? Like game man, man games missed due to injury. The Kings have got to be at the bottom of that list. Have to be. Um, good news in San Antonio, Devin Vassell is returning to action today with his knee problem. I'm sure he will miss more games as the season goes on, but he is back. That's going to impact Malachi Branham, uh, Malachi Branham, Romeo Langford, most importantly, Josh Richardson there as well. And Cater Bates Diop is out with an illness. That helps Stanley Johnson. In Toronto, Fred Van Vliet with his back. He has missed two straight and he's questionable for Monday. If Fred misses, then theoretically Malachi Flynn gets minutes, but He played 30 in one game and 18 in the other. Gary Trent is really the one who benefits. He played 39 minutes last game. I really want to see what happens when this team gets healthy, non-Otto Porter division, because let's just count him out. He's not playing. All right, he's still weeks and weeks away with his toe injury. Um, If Achua comes back, do they start Achua eventually? Does Trent move to the bench? What does that mean for Hernan Gomez or Young or Coloco or Boucher, who have all had turns being DMPs? Achua's not a 12-team grab at all, but he's going to have an impact on a lot of players. Interesting to wake up and see a notification saying, hey, Colin Sexton's um, going to be reassessed in a week with a hamstring injury. I go, what, the, what? Did someone re-release an old injury update? But no, his hamstring's gone again. Um, he's out for another week. You do not need to roster Colin Sexton. Remember, no point roster. And, and it, the frustrating part is, is they had the good schedule this week, the four-game schedule, and that was the only reason to hold him. And now you can jack him off. But what this means is Malik Beasley's value rises. But it also means is that with a four-game juicy, four-quality game schedule for the Jazz this week, that Nikhil Alexander-Walker is on the menu. Add him. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. You're probably going to get 20 minutes a night from Nikhil with some okay assists, some good steal numbers. Just getting 20 minutes a night for four games is 80 minutes on quality games. Nobody's really providing that for you. So he was a guy that was out of the rotation. He's going to come back in and he's going to get a solid run at things. And if Conley happens to miss one of these games, including the back-to-back on the weekend, where well, Alexander-Walker's value rises even more. 
So he is worth a stream for the week with four games on. And lastly, we go to Washington, where Brad Beal is dealing with a hamstring problem that they said was fine. He was probably going to play the next day. He has now missed three games and might not play on Tuesday. As always, players lie. They always over-exaggerate the, well, under-exaggerate the severity of an injury. Um, teams do it often as well. A hamstring's a week. It always is. Don't listen to this bullshit of, I'll be fine next day. It just isn't real. Um, with Beal out, Kispert starts. Hachimura gets a big boost. Avdia gets a big boost. And if... These, they only have a two-game week this week, the Wizards, but if Bill misses Tuesday, then Rui and Denny become excellent streams. Same as Monte Morris on Tuesday. Low-volume Tuesday, excellent value. you got Dan Gafford, who tweaked his ankle at the end of Sunday's game. They said he's going to be fine. I think it's actually a blessing that they only have a two-game week. I think Dan Gafford's a must-roster player. I don't care that they only have two games this week. And if he misses one of these games, it's not that important. Like, if this injury keeps him out four days, he misses one game. In a busy week, he might have missed three games, and that might have been more impactful. But he only misses one game, most likely, if at all. And adding Dan Gafford is not a short-term play. It's not a play because Beal is out. It's not a, ooh, let's try it for the next three days. It's like, this is here. This is sticking. They have won five consecutive games since he's been starting. They are going to keep doing it, and he is going to push the top 100 possibly for the rest of the season. So you don't, you're not at, much like with the Mark Williams stuff we talked about earlier in the week or last week, you're not adding him for tomorrow's game. You're not adding him for a two-game week 12. That's not why you're adding Daniel Gafford. You're adding him to get a consistent, hopefully, fingers crossed, top 100 guy who might be a top 70 player rest of season. So yes, it's annoying there's a two-game week here, but it shouldn't impact your thought process on adding him. Don't treat him like the 13th best player on your team. He's probably the 11th or the 10th. And that's a player you want, even if it is a two-game week. And Taj Gibson's dealing with a groin injury. He was getting some backup minutes, but not enough to matter. And guys, that'll do it for me today. After my impassioned Daniel Gafford speech, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while you're here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.